I'm very honored to be here, um, just share some truth from God's word with all of us this morning from the Bible. And I just want to let you say, I just want to let you know that you guys are a, a very special group of people. Uh, I just want to say that to all of you. Because since GMPI officially started since day one in 1976, and you all got on board with a mission. And after 47 years, that you guys are still continue your faithful support to the ministry. And we cannot thank you, thank you enough for your partnership in fulfilling the Great Commission. So thank you. And Jack mentioned Last year, you gave two special gifts just over and beyond your regular monthly support to help some project that GMPI did in the country of Mexico and also in the country of Kenya. So I just want to say thank you. Before my sermon, I wanted to say thank you for your big heart for missions. And I'm so glad that I got a chance to speak to you this morning. So thank you for having me here. And... I want you to turn your Bible to an Old Testament book, Habakkuk. This morning, the, the, the main message, uh, the main scripture I want to unpack for all of us is this scripture on the screen, Habakkuk 2.14. Habakkuk 2.14. If you are trying to uh, find it in your Bible, uh, it's right after Nahum, right before Zephaniah. I hope that helps you a little bit. I find this book quicker. Um, yeah, this is a, a minor prophet. I think a lot of us probably never touched it before. But it, this book sp- speaks so much to me for multiple reasons, and I will give you two because this is one of my favorite promises, one of my favorite promises and prophecies. The second reason is this is also the vision of the Ministry of Good News Productions International. This is our vision. So I want you to to see this on the screen and also my goal this morning, I just want to show you how this prophecy is being fulfilled through the lenses of GMPI and how all of us as Christ followers, how can we join this mission, involved more with this promise together. That sounds okay? Good. So it says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The book Habakkuk is it, it's a dialogue between this prophet and God. So only three chapters, very short, three chapters. If you read it, you know, the first chapter is kind of he was complaining to God. Like one of the, uh, if you uh, read, if you look at it in your Bible, in chapter one, verse two, Habakkuk started with a complaint. It says, how long, Lord? How long? And then during the second, uh, actually the first chapter in verse 13, he complained again. He said, why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? 
That was his second complaint. And God actually responded in chapter 2, the Lord's answer. And I want this morning to just focus on this anchor, 2.14. It says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. If you turn to chapter 3, at the end, verse 18, Habakkuk, his attitude completely changed. From a person have been complaining about the situation to this person in chapter 3, verse 18 says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Verse 19, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. So I truly believe, you know, because this verse, Habakkuk 2.14, made the change for the prophet. And I truly believe this is a message that we need to hear today too. This book is generally believed to have been written in the mid to late 7th century BC. So let's fast forward to today, 2021. I just want to give you some numbers. Uh, When we look at this planet that we live in today, you know, it says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. I just want to look at this planet we live in today. Let me give you some numbers. So the total world population right now is 7.9 billion people. Among the 7.9 billion, 2.4 billion people identify themselves as Christians, like you and me. About 1.9 billion people believe in Islam. And about 1.2 billion people are non-religious at all. About 1.2 billion people are Hindus. And about 0.5 billion are Buddhists. So that's the world spiritual terrain of today. Let me show you another, uh, another, uh, it's a research done by the Pew Research Center in Washington, D.C. It shows this. Over the next three decades, over the next 30 years, about 40 million people are projected to switch to Christianity. That's good news. About 40 million people are projected to, to call Jesus their Lord and Savior. Well, 106 million are projected to leave, with most to join the ranks of the religious unaffiliated. By 2050, the number of Muslims will nearly equal the numbers of Christians around the world. Now, I want to take a poll. So let's say if you can only eat two kinds of food for the rest of your life between waffles and pancakes, how many of you will choose pancakes? Yeah, I love pancakes. I love pancakes. Okay. How many of you will choose waffles? Yeah, so waffle people. Yeah. I I have a bonus question for you. Uh, So when you eat waffles, so do you put syrup? Try to like cover every hole of the waffles. Oh, you will? Yes, yes. Someone told me that there are some specific names for those uh, those holes. It's called syrup holders. That's what I. That's someone told me. 
So, you know, for me, um, but if I can be serious, if I can use this as an analogy, you know, God's love, of course, is as uh, to compare God's love as this huge bottle of syrup, a limited, the sweetest syrup you'll ever taste. If I may compare the whole world, we're talking about the, the whole earth, like a pancake or a waffle, ideally, you know, when we pour syrup, it'll be like on this pancake because the, the surface is so smooth and the syrup is so naturally to flow to the edge of this pancake. But in reality, it is more like parents pouring the syrup on this waffle because of different the, those edges those syrup holders you know some parts of this world is not covered by the sweetest love from our lord because the trends that we saw from the research i i shared with you the trends that how many people will believe in jesus in the next three decades how many people are leaving because of this trend, some cultural differences, some geographic distance, social injustice, or political unrest. The list can go on and on. Just like the edge of the waffle prevent the syrup flow naturally to other holes, some parts of this world is not covered by God's love. Mark Moore The author of Core 52 puts it this way. All have open access to the gospel, but not necessarily equal access. The reality is that those born in the modern West have more opportunity to hear the gospel and respond freely than those born in the Middle East or those in other areas. So with everything I shared, you may ask, how can this Habakkuk 2.14, this promise or this prophecy ever come true? How, with everything we see today, the, 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 the stats I give you, you might feel like a little bit like the prophet Habakkuk. You ask the question, how long? After a year of 2020, it was a tough year for all of us. You may ask the question, how long? Seeing everything happening in this country or around the world, so many injustice is happening. You may ask the question, how long? How long, O Lord? That's why this morning I want to encourage us by giving you some illustrations or stories I want to tell you from the lenses of GMPI. I want to encourage all of us to hold on to this Habakkuk 2.14, which provided huge encouragement for prophet Habakkuk. So I want to show you some stories that how God is fulfilling this prophecy, this promise, even during this pandemic. As tough as last year was for all of us, it was also the most fruitful year for the Ministry of Good News Productions International. We have never seen a year like this. 
Since day one, you know, GMPI has been producing culturally relevant media to share about the gospel all around the world. Since day one, that's our strategy. You know, this year, this past year, have really showed how vital media plus the internet, how important that is to deliver the gospel message. Let me ask you this. How many of you wished that you bought some Zoom stocks before 2020? (laughs) Yeah, I wish I did. But I can tell you, because of your partnership with GMPI, you actually invested in something way greater than Zoom. Because we have seen so many great results from the work that you are doing through GMPI. And I want to encourage you, don't feel bad you didn't invest in Zoom. You invested in something way greater, the eternal ROI that the Zoom cannot compete at all. During Sunday school, I mentioned two stories. One is from the Philippines, and the other one is from the country of India. So in, in the country of the Philippines, that we actually our team is producing an online devotional video every day from Monday to Friday. Since the pandemic hit, it got 30,000 views every day. 30,000 people actually following this program daily to get some daily hope. Another thing in India, we saw that for a church, moved everything online, digital church, simply called Hindi Church Online. When the number was at the peak, we got about 700,000 people are watching a church service like this every Sunday. I know there are a lot of people are watching this service right now through online service. I know my wife Jenny is, work, is watching right now from Missouri because she couldn't join us uh, in person um, but I know, I, meant, uh, I think Jack told me some of Nathalie's family will watch from Brazil. So I just want to welcome everybody who will watch this message later from Brazil. So I just want to thank you for turning in. And it's happening everywhere. It's happening everywhere in India, in the Philippines. You may ask me, Alan, what's the big deal? You mentioned some big numbers to me. Uh, uh, 30,000 or 700,000. What is the big deal about those numbers? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Because my answer is, it is a big deal. Because if you're serious about reaching people, digital just makes sense. Because digital can help you reach more people quicker. So, I, liked, I like what Kerry Newhorf said. Um, I think he just summarized it, summarized it so well. He said, when churches asking if online counts are like Sears asking if Amazon counts. Let us sink in a little bit. So we all know how many Sears are closing doors, right? But almost everybody is utilizing Amazon service every day. I mean, you can get the, the, your, whatever you want to buy by your door, uh, sometimes the same day delivery. So 
I'm thankful for like Nestle and Jonathan for what they're doing that have an online presence for this church because that's important. And this online church is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere soon. Yeah, it's staying. Another cool thing GMP I noticed in 2020 was that internet plus media allows the gospel to go to places that we cannot go physically. Jesus' last command for us in Matthew 28:19 is, "Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit." Well, I think we all can admit that there's no way for us to, can, to go to all the nations physically, right? There's just no way, impossible. I mean, just use last year as one example. I wanted to travel, but I can't. I couldn't because lockdowns. This church was so eager to meet back together, but we couldn't meet in this building physically. We had to move everything online. So that's why we see media plus the internet was never stopped. Was never stopped when we couldn't travel, when church like this couldn't gather. So media actually went to every country of this world because it removes all geographic security barriers. It just, it never stopped. The media plus the internet never stopped. So many people received that daily delivery of hope, of a gospel message right on their phones. Another GMPI project that Jack also mentioned is called the Global Gospel. The Global Gospel basically is 107 short stories of life of Jesus. And we have translated that lang- this project into 42 different languages. Our goal was to finish 25, the most spoken languages around the world. But right now, we have done 42. Last year alone, people from 20, 234 out of 238 nations and territories downloaded that resource. What does that mean? I think I just want to show you, to illustrate that what I said, that internet plus the media have reached every corner of the world just from last year. So GMPI praised the Lord for knowing that his glory is filling the world even during this pandemic through the lens of an online devotional program in the Philippines a church online in the country of India, and also this gospel presentation all about life of Christ that so many people have downloaded, so many people watched it. But we all know all the media we produce, the end goal is to make more disciples. I explained this, I explained this during Sunday school hour. You know, we're so happy to see all those big numbers, but we're after those people who watched, who responded, and that's how we can start making them into, into disciples, that who can make disciples. So our, our media, it's connecting people to real life 
experiences. So we want them to see the media GMPI produces, then connect with the local church like OCC. We want to connect them through this media to a disciple maker in that country. So all the 25 GMPI teams around the world, all the media that we, we create help identify seekers and connect local disciple makers to, make, to build relationships. That's the strategy that we're using to make disciples around the world. And we have seen great successes last year alone. Well, I wish I could say, we got this covered. We got this job covered. Don't worry about it. But we know the task is far beyond done. Let me, let me give you some other numbers. There are still about 1,700 languages with no scriptures in them. 1,700 languages. There are still about 6,700 people groups who have never heard the gospel and be saved. There are still 3.2 billion people around the world who have never heard of Jesus. During my Sunday school, I showed two pictures. One is that for the Packers fans, we all love what the, the, the stadium, Columbus Stadium. The full capacity is 81,000. So for 3.2 billion people, uh, if you divide them into, uh, divided them to, uh, with 81,000, meaning those people who have never heard about Jesus will fill that stadium up for 40,000 times. We need 40,000 Lambo Stadium to, to fill those people up. So the task is beyond done. We got work to do. People around the world died from illnesses like COVID before they even heard about who Jesus is. Let me bring it closer to home for us. I believe some of you have family members that you wish will sit by you every Sunday in this building. I believe people in this community, while we are worshiping, we are learning uh, about G- who Jesus is, deeper our l- relationship with our Lord, they're probably engaging in something that the Lord is not happy about, just in this community. The reality, those realities, those numbers should bother you and me. And we should do something about it. Kara Henry said, the gospel is only good news if it gets there on time. Meaning, we need to act now. So how can we be more involved with spreading the gospel at a faster pace? How can we be more involved with filling the earth with a knowledge of the glory of the Lord? We cannot go to all the nations on our feet, but we can certainly go to all the nations on our knees. So, would you pray for Habakkuk 2.14 more often? Use that as your prayer. When you came in this morning, while you were handed uh, your bulletin, you also have received a sticker like this. If you don't have one, grab one when you leave. It simply says Habakkuk 2.14 on here. 
and also have GMPI on there. So I want to use this as a reminder for each one of you so that when you go home, maybe put it on your fridge, maybe put it on your, your mug, or put it on wherever will remind you to use this as your prayer, to pray for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. As you pray for that, that prayer, pray for the 25 teams, uh, the GMPI teams around the world. Pray for all my colleagues around the world, would you? Pray that we will be faithful to our work, and our work will be fruitful. Not only pray for GMPI, but pray for all the other missionaries that this church is supporting. That I like what Jack said, we, we don't want to be a church to send a check every month. We want to be partners. We want to walk alongside of them to know what's really going on. So that's what we need to do. So pray for all other missions that you're supporting. Pray that people who saw the video that GMPI produced, that they will actually reach out. They will respond. Because those people are the opportunities, the ministry opportunities for us to make more disciples. Just like Paul was asking the believers in Thessalonica to pray for their work, I also ask all of you to pray for our work in sharing the gospel around the world. In 2 Thessalonians 3.1, it says, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us, that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you. So that's Paul's request for those, those brothers and sisters in Thessalonica. Pray for our work. Pray for other people who will hear this message, will, re- will accept it, just like what it was with you. So we need your prayers. The second thing I want to mention, another way for us to get in the game and join the work God is already doing in the world is by our giving. And before I get into that, I want to just, maybe some of you get a, a little bit uh, defensive. You say, well, every missionary, when they come, they just mention about money. They just ask for money. Let me just quote a scripture which has changed my perspective on this forever, which I'm very, very thankful, is in the letter that Paul wrote to a supporting church in Philippi, to his supporting church in, in, in Philippi. It's found in Philippians 4, 17. Philippians 4, 17. It says this, Not that I desire your gifts, What I desire is that more be credited to your account. So please hear me. Why all the missionaries come here to to say, hey, we need your prayers, we need your financial giving. Why? Because it's biblical. Because Paul mentioned it to his supporting churches. And not only that, It's actually not that we desire your gifts, not we desire your financial support. It's that we desire that as more be credited to each one of you who is here today, who are watching online. 
I heard someone say, the mark of a great church is not the seating capacity, but it's sending capacity. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 37 to 38, it says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of harvest to send out laborers into harvest. So your giving to GMPI and other mission partners of this church is literally sending out more laborers into the harvest field. Did you know that every dollar you give to GMPI actually allows 43 people to hear the gospel message in their own language? Each dollar you invested in GMPI, that 43 people to have the opportunity to respond to call Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Throughout scripture, we see that the gospel advances when the different parts of the church body work together. Some are gifted to speak. Some are gifted uh, to sing. Some are gifted to serve. Some are gifted in giving. And some, uh, but every time when Things move forward when we commit ourselves to a shared mission and each play our part. I want to share one quick story that last, last month I actually met a missionary uh, who, they, they're from Brazil, a missionary family from Brazil, our, our ministers uh, to the people in Madagascar. Um, so Madagascar, you know, there are some places that you will see in the movies and very nice and beautiful beaches, but this family decided to go to the hard places to reach to a specific, uh, people group called Bara people group. The living condition was really, really hard on them. So when they arrived on the field, some of the mission families actually left because they said, well, I, we're so glad you are here. So we're going we're gonna to go back. But this family stayed. So for the first two years, this family has been, been drinking rainwater. And at the end, as a result, a lot of them were actually got sick. Diarrhea, different, different diseases. But they continued, they continued to serve there. After eight years, they're still there. So after hearing his, um, Fernando shared his story, I just felt so sad. I felt so ashamed in my heart. I was like, someone is sacrificing so much in a country that don't know Jesus. And for me, you know, I'm also serving the church, but in, different, in a different role. But I just feel so ashamed I said, why I'm not doing what Fernando is doing? So I secretly, I just after uh, I found an uh, opportunity, I just say, hey, brother, I want to thank you for what you do. And your story really impacted me. And I just feel so ashamed that I'm not sacrificing as nearly much as you do for the Lord. And Fernando said this to me, brother, Satan hates you as much as he hates me. You know, we're just all different parts of one body 
working towards one mission. We need what you do. We need people like you to do what you do so that we can do what we do. That encouraged me. I really appreciated his perspective. That really drove, drove home to me that when we committed ourselves to a shared mission and we each play our parts, things move forward. The Apostle Paul's mission was to take the good news of Jesus to those who have never heard. And he wanted to reach the unreached where there were no churches and no missionaries. And he knew he couldn't do it alone. So he wrote a letter and he invited some Christians in Rome to help him. In Romans 15, 24, Paul said, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. Again, this is from a missionary writing to a group of Christians who have been supporting him. He's asking them for assistance. He's asking them for financial partnership. So just like Paul was asking people in Rome, that I'm also asking you, don't stop supporting all the missionaries, that we need your financial support. I want to conclude my sermon by showing you a global music that produced by my colleagues around the world because I want you to know when you pray for Habakkuk 2.14 that you will remember those faces. That I want you to know that when you give to the Ministry of Good News Productions International, who are you supporting? So I want you to see this video and uh, just see um, what God is using you to do. Play that video, please. <laughs> 